0: Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you all for coming out, um, and thank you for your prayers. Um, Today we will be looking at our memory verse in 2 Corinthians 5, um, verse 9. So before we go into that, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time thank you for each one here this evening we just pray lord that they will be encouraged by your word i pray lord that they will seek to please you and to live for you while we're here on this earth for this temporary time lord as we look at what paul has been writing to us about lord to encourage us to looking forward to our new home Lord, reminding us that this place is just a temporary place, Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged and to live in such a way that we realize that this earth is very temporary and that we are only here for a short time, Lord, as your word teaches, it's like a vapor or a wink of an eye, Lord, and it's all over. And for those of us who have been here for a bit, Lord, looking back, it doesn't feel very long, and uh, I just uh, pray that we will be reminded that um, our focus should be heaven word, and that uh, we'll be encouraged to be more like Paul, and to live for heavenly things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... The verse goes like this, so whatever we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. So that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. So three main points that are seen in this verse. One is home, and the other one is away, and number three is to please him. <clears throat> so the main point of this verse is about Pleasing our Lord. Paul wants to encourage you to make it your main goal to live life here on earth and at home in heaven to please God. So whether we are here or at home in heaven, our goal is to please God and bring glory to his name. So before Paul comes to his main point, in verse 9 he addresses our state or location away from home here on earth in the verses prior. So as I go through this devotion, I'll be covering those verses. And as we build up to the main one, which Paul addresses in verse 9. So away, away meaning here on earth. So this is not our home. In a sense, we are away. We will see what Paul is saying about being away And what our state is here on earth. So verse 1. For we know that if the tent, that is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternally in heaven. So the tent, what Paul is talking about, is a metaphor for our human body. So why a tent, we ask? The tent is usually something temporary. A temporary dwelling place. So our temporary body is what Paul is saying here, where your soul and spirit dwell. So in the in the text, Paul is addressing your tent, your body. Some of you have fairly new bodies. Some of us have older ones and more beaten down than others, and starting to lose its looks and uh, durability as we get older, and might need a little cosmetic touch-up and uh, fixing up here and there, but that's what happens as you grow older, and as the tent grows older, or even a house, and that could be said about house, too, it's not only tents that are temporary, our houses are very temporary, too, that's why we are reminded that houses do burn down, um, they do rust away, and Obviously, there's natural disasters. If you watch the news, there's always houses burning down, tornadoes taking them out, hurricanes, earthquakes. So we just never know when our time is up. So then we have some that are already looking forward to a new one already, a new home. And some of us will say amen to that. So as we get older, our existence is very fragile. We never know if we might be, they might what time it is for us to fold up our tent. For, for some of us, it's sooner than others. So as we start looking around, realizing that people that we have known, uh, friends and family, are starting to disappear. They have already folded up their tent, so to speak, and, and went home. And so the more we see that, as you get older, the more you start realizing my time is uh, coming closer. So I'm thinking Paul must have been feeling very similar to that. Paul didn't get beaten up from natural causes so much. But he got beaten up by men a lot. That probably caused him too long for his home even more because he probably had... uh, long-term injuries from what he went through. As we go through this, we will cover some of that. So let's have a glance. Here's a glance of what Paul's life was like while he was in the body, because he was beaten up in uh, quite, quite a bit and giving him good reason to look forward to his new home, more than the average Christian. So if we turn to second corinthians eleven twenty three twenty eight so second corinthians chapter eleven twenty three twenty eight and we'll look at how Paul went through while he was here on earth are there servants of Christ I am the better one I am talking like a madman with far greater labors far more Imprisonments, with countless beatings, and oft near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day, and was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, Dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers. In toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and I didn't. Apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me. And my anxieties over the churches. So Paul wasn't only beaten up. And physically. And abused physically. By multiple things that we have just read. But he was also going through stressful times with the churches. Dealing with churches. So just a reminder. And encourage you to, to pray for our pastor. And to work alongside our pastor and our elders. So always to pray for them. It's, it's not an easy task to deal with a church. Or even with multiple churches, as uh, eventually churches do branch out. <clears throat> and it takes a lot of behind-the-scenes work for that. So First Corinthians 2.9 also reads, But as it is written, where no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart or man imagined, that God has prepared for those who are, who love him. So to try to compare it with our limited brain capacity, <clears throat> just a second here. Just want to make sure I got my order in, in right order here. Okay, I think I jumped ahead a little. I'll go back. I usually like using my, my laptop, so I decided I'll use paper this time. And then I'm jumping ahead of myself here just a minute. Okay, so we should give us greater understanding why Paul wants to go home already, what we just read. Two things Paul is, is longing for, a new body and a new place, a new dwelling place. We too are longing for that, aren't we? Some days more than others, depending on, on what day we have, right? So Paul has, been, has his priorities straight. You can see just by watching his life and how he thinks and writes. He's not about things here on earth. He isn't living to keep his tent in new condition and trying to impress people with it. But he is using it for God's glory. Regardless of the cost or or how many beatings it got or gets. We should still take care of our body, take care of our tent. But that's not what we are here for. We are—we have been given this body not to be worshipped, but a means to worship God. Amen. <clears throat> Everybody has been given a different style of type or type of tent. That's because God is not a boring God, but He's a diversified and creative God, and He loves to um, to show off Himself. With his creation. And with every making everything different. And that's the kind of God we worship. And and we love and appreciate that. His creation. So he's not a boring God. He's all about being diversified. So moving forward to verse 2. For in this tent we groan. Longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. So there is a groaning and a longing. To be out and away from here already. Why? Because of the pain and the fall of this sinful world. And it's obviously not getting worse. And as we get older and become more mature as Christians, we find ourselves um, not very um, not very suitable. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say, we see our sinfulness Uh, More and more as we grow closer to God and we have a burden to be rid of it. Similar as we have a burden to be of this sinful world and looking forward to our new place. So now we're going to observe a little about what it looks like, our home in heaven. So what is that place like Paul is calling on his home? There are approximately 65 Bible verses in the Bible speaking about heaven. But we will cover only three, just to give us a small glimpse of what heaven is like. Obviously, we've heard it many times before, but just as a reminder and a refresher, it's in John 14, to 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's home are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that. So I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. So here we see a condition required to get there. And second, Jesus is preparing you a place for those who meet the requirements, those who believe and trust in him. So 1 Corinthians also reads, But as it is written, where no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor a heart or man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So to try and comprehend what heaven looks like is obviously very difficult with our limited minds, with our capacity. Because it is obviously somewhat out of reach for us to understand. And that's what that verse is obviously saying. But here's a verse that will give us understanding to the point that we can understand. So in Revelation 21, 4, it reads, He will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and that shall be no more, neither shall there be no mo- mourning, nor cry, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So those are all glorious things we can look forward to. And again, the Bible is full of verses. If <clears throat> you want, you can go read them and to be encouraged by them. What our new home will look like. So moving on, what makes Paul so confident that he is going to heaven, to a new and better place? A lot of people are scared to die. Reason being, they don't know what's waiting for them, what's coming next. What is on the other side? It's a big question many people have that don't know God. So we are confident and we are be given a new and glorious body and a new great home. A Christian can say that to those who have been born again. So verse 3 reads, in Corinthians here, If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. What are we putting on? We need to have righteousness before God. So we can't be found naked when we face God. So the big question is, are we all ready and dressed for that day? Again, it could happen tonight, tomorrow. And our souls could be asked for, are we ready? Are we dressed? Are we prepared? So nobody knows the day or the hour when we will be called to our new home. For those that are dressed in righteousness have much look forward to. To those that are found naked, they will be very disappointed. So what about Paul? How much is he taking back with him when he does go back there? Or when he does go home, I mean. What was he living for? What are you taking with you when this short life is over? Are you going to be depressed and naked because all that you were living for was worldly things like Solomon at the end of his life? Or will you be Excited like Paul was to be at home with the Lord in a new body, a new home, with something to bring and lay at Jesus' feet. Are you a healthy Christian, a child of God, getting to know your, getting to know your Lord and Savior and serving Him as you've been asked and called to do so? If so, your desire will be to be with Him. And it will increase. It's similar to marriage. Before you were married, as you get to know your spouse, you desire. your desire increases to be together. As you grow in love with each other, this is what you see with Paul. The more he gets to know his Lord, the more he serves him, the more he wants to see him already and to be with him already. With Paul, it was easy to see what he was living for and what he was looking forward to. It is the same for us. <clears throat> if we live for God, what kind of impression do we leave, leave people with? Are are you earthly minded or heavenly minded like Paul was? Do they see in you something different that actually isn't content with this place down here on earth? That it actually has something to look forward to? That isn't... Um, Changed by feelings or how things go here on earth. Are we a people that are always joyful and excited. Because we have something so much greater and so much better to look forward to. So verse 4 reads. For while we are still in this tent. We groan. Being pardoned. Not that we would be unclothed. But that we would be further clothed. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up. By life, so Paul's so Paul's burden and groaning, not because he's naked and unclothed. No, he is looking forward to being clothed even more. By something else is but something else is bogging him bogging him down. So that is sin, sin in our lives and sin all around us, all to be removed when we get to our new home. nope, <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's hard and not easy to live in this mortal body and sin all around us. But keep in mind, the best is yet to come. Hang in there. If you're going through hard times and you know this all this, this mortal body and this sin and pain we are surrounded by, about will be short-lived and will be swallowed up soon. Amen to that. So verse 5 reads, He who has prepared us for this very thing in God, who has given us the spirit of guarantee. So here's a guarantee that you're going to go to heaven and be ready to meet Christ. First of all, there's a verse that says, My spirit will witness to your spirit that you are mine. So there is a knowing, there is an assurance there. So who has prepared us? God did. What is our guarantee we will be ready to face God when this life is over? The Holy Spirit, who is our seal of our inheritance, who was given to us by God when we were born again. So let's read Ephesians 1, 13, 14, where it speaks of that. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of our salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we inquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Romans 5.5 reads, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So verse 6 in Corinthians reads, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Be encouraged always knowing that while you're struggling, this is very temporary, this place we are here in now. We know Paul was continuously encouraging himself that way. For he knew this earth is going away and he will be home with the Lord soon. He wasn't all about finding pleasure and happiness on this earth. He was looking forward to something much bigger than this world can give. Solomon is a good example who had everything this earth has to offer. Only go from what I read about Paul when he was here on earth was sharing the gospel helping churches and teaching and training individuals and training leaders then when his work here on earth was done he finally went to heaven to be with Jesus so verse 7 reads for we walk by faith and not by sight what is our faith in this context here that we will be taken to our new home soon. When we will, Then we will receive perfect bodies, glorified bodies, unblemished. The Lord could come back any minute and snatch us away. Or we, or, that, or we could die and be with the Lord forever in our new home and body. So it's either by snatching us away, which, some, which we call a rapture, or by dying. Either or could come at any time. So First Thessalonians 4 reads, verse 17 and 18. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be cut up together with them in clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we all will be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with those words. I don't know about you, but that's very encouraging and exciting. And something to look forward to. As I walk and wait by faith, for that day I have faith that the Lord will carry me through and keep me till the day. <clears throat> Can we say amen to that? Verse 8, yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Every Christian knows that it's much better to be with the Lord than to suffer struggle down here with Again, with this corrupting body and this corrupting world full of sin. So here's King Solomon, who had everything. This is what he had to say at his final, um, his final days. I'm not sure. I'm not saying that Solomon isn't going to heaven or anything. He had a good start, but his ending wasn't that great. And when he and when he wrote Ecclesiastes, you could see he was. Um, very heavy and you could probably say depressed. He wasn't very excited for um, how he ended his life and how far off track he went. So here, here's what he has written in Ecclesiastes 1 to 11. This is for those who are living for earthly things. This is This is what you end up with. <clears throat> those are the words... Of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. What do people get out out of hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go. But the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets. Then her is around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers turn into sea, but the sea is never full then the Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description, no matter how much we see, we are never satisfied, no matter how much we hear we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Something people say here is something new but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and in the future. Generations and no, no one will remember what we are doing now. So not not much fulfillment found here, is there? You can see he's feeling empty and finding that everything he was living for, what for? If you don't live for, for God and his glory. The so question is, are, are we getting this? <clears throat> living and chasing after fame or fortune will come out empty. Even if you become famous, and have a room full of rewards. And will all be forgotten. And go up in smoke one day. How often have we heard. Testimonies of people. Who had everything. Wealth, prosperity and fame. And once, and, and weren't content. Until they found Jesus. <clears throat> so in closing. We we'll go to our text. Verse 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Question is, how are we doing? Will your father in heaven say to you, when you arrive at the door of the judgment seat of Christ, when he says, what will he say to you? Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come in and share my joy with me. Here is <clears throat> here's a command how we need to live in this very temporary tent if we want to be pleasing to our Father in heaven, as Paul has encouraged us to do so. So I want to go over just four verses there, I found them to be very encouraging, very helpful. I would encourage you to turn there and maybe highlight them. Because they're good reminders, con- continuous reminders. If you want to please God, some of us are seeking for what our calling might be or what the Lord wants for me. But here's some clear scriptures, what the Lord wants from every believer, His chosen people. So First, pre- first Peter 2.11 Eleven to twelve this is not ESV version, this' one verse, but the rest are so first peter two eleven twelve, dear friends, I warn you as temporary temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against our very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. And even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see you honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he he judges the world. Romans 12, ESV version now. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Ephesians 5, 6 to 11. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of those things the wrath of God comes upon some of the some of the disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners partakers with them. For for at once time you were darkened, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in Unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So, one more text here: Philippians one eighteen to 25. Very fitting for this text we've been covering. <coughs> what then? Only that is ver- what then? Only that every way, whether in presence or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice, for I know through your prayer and through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it it is my ear expression and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means faithful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hand pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for a purpose and joy in faith. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you again for each one here. I just pray, Lord, that we are encouraged and that we will seek to please you. I pray that we will not be content with just knowing we're going to heaven, but we will make our lives to serve you, uh, all about serving you and to bring glory to your name. Lord, we do not want to come to your judgment seat with just straw in our hands to bring to you. But Lord, we want to be like Paul, who has much to bring to your feet. I pray, Lord, that we will be a people that seek to do that, live to serve and please you. I also want to pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, who have never come to repent, repentance, and turn from their sins. I pray, Lord, that you will stir their hearts to repent, and to turn from the sins to you. For Lord you came to desert. To die. On the cross. In our behalf. So that people like us. Could be saved. And come and go to heaven. Where you are. Lord I pray that anyone here in this room. Who has not come. To you. That you would draw them. And that they will not have no desire. To even continue anymore. But only to. Turn to you only for you. Thank you now, Lord, for each one here. Bless the rest of our time, our prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen.